This is Paul Heron, and this is episode 44 of the Uneasting Podcast, recorded in Osaka, Japan. Today I'm talking with two major contributors to the new book, Critical Analysis of Uneasting in Japan, Neem scholars Yuko Yaguchi and Atsuko Miyake, both of whom have studied and translated Ani Eastin's work in Japan for many years. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. Let's start out with how did you each come across Ani Eastin's work? Okay. When I was a um, junior in college, I took one of Professor Catherine Broderick's classes, uh-huh. now Breland classes, and we read several stories from Under Glass Bell. And since Sylvia Plath's Bell Jar is one of my favorites, so I was interested in the title, Under Glass Bell. And I didn't quite understand the background of that story, but I realized the glass bell and the bell jar have the same connotation, a kind of suffocating situation. And then I got in senior thesis seminar with Professor Broderick and wrote a thesis on the influence of surrealism on Nin's House of Incest. And then I wrote a master thesis on Anais Nin's Cities of the Interior, so that was a start. Yuko. Uh, there's a dialogue in the textbook in which someone said, according to Anais Nin, and I asked the teacher, who is Anais Nin? And he answered, probably she's a dancer. But it's not totally wrong, right? She Mm. was a semi-professional dancer. And probably one day I found a book, The Diary of Anais Nin, in a bookstore and read it and fell in love with her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What about her work impresses you the most? Well, uh, it was her sensitivity, Mm. complexity, Insight, elegance, and boldness. <laughs> boldness, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Need Scholarship in Japan? When did it begin, and who were some of the early pioneers? Yeah, um, as Yuko Yaguchi writes in our new book, Anais and Rupert Paul's friend, Mizu Kazuko Sugisaki, is a pioneer among Japanese scholars. And my mentor, Catherine Broderick, encouraged her seminar students to write theses on in every year. And Toyoko Yamamoto was one of them. And so Ms. Broderick is Anais's daughter, so we are kind of granddaughters. That's interesting. Well, uh, the first translator of Anais's novel was Mr. Koji Nakada. And she, he wrote an interesting essay in Anais. The International Journal. Right, right, yeah. right. And Masako Hara translated the first volume of Anais' diary. And after that, Sumiko Yagawa wrote two books on Anais and translated Little Bird, her erotica. Let's talk about Sumiko Yagawa a little bit. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about her and what her impact was in, on readership of Ani Isnin in Japan? Her father was a professor of English literature, and Yagawa studied at three colleges, and he married a renowned critic of French literature, Tatsuhiko Shibusawa, 
During their marriage, she experienced a series of abortions against her will. And after 10 years, they got divorced. And it is said that it remained as a trauma, their marriage, abortions, and divorce. And in her last years, she got interested in Anais, and she wrote a book entitled Father's Daughters, Mary Mori and Anais Nin. Mary Mori is the daughter of a famous novelist, Ogai Mori. And she also wrote Anais Nin as a young girl, in which part of Linot is translated. And the book was uh, published right after her death. She took her life, actually in 2002. And after that, the translation of Little Bird was published. She was very popular, very famous. So we really wish she lived longer and introduced, supported Anna's literature. She named Linot and The Diary of Anne Frank as two great true children's literature, written by children, about children, and for children. Now, another early scholar, Masako Mio, who translated the first volume of the Diary of Ani Sneen under the name Masako Hara uh, in 1974, was uh, bitterly disappointed by the fact that few readers in Japan, I think she said 6,000, purchased the book and it went out of print. And it was finally reprinted uh, something like 18 years later. In her essay, she talks about why Japanese women in particular were not inclined to buy a book by somebody like Ani Isnin, who was obviously a very progressive and very astute feminist, because of this old-fashioned role that women at that time seemed to be stuck in, which is called that of a great mother, a mother not only to their own children, but to their husbands, who, as Mio put it, were fighting a new war, a financial war, or an economic war, and therefore were consumed by this. And as a result, modern Japanese women did not have uh, any time for a life of their own. Uh, could you explain this great mother phenomenon a little bit to our listeners and also tell us, if, is this still the, the case some 30 years after Mio wrote her essay. It's commonly said that Japanese women play the role of mother, not only to their children, but to their husbands or men in general. And as Mio writes, Japanese women can be strong as mothers, but as mothers only. And Mio also writes about Anais, this brave woman's search for the self. And while she laments Japanese women remain strangely selfless. And I remember Anais writing in her volume 7 of the diary about a Japanese woman. She's very self-effacing. But of course, gender equality here is changing so much. Mm -hmm. Has changed very mm -hmm. much. Since 1992. Yes. So the situation of marriage and people who are living together but not married, increased, and yeah, the situation's been changing a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Ani Isnin's work would appeal to female readers in particular in Japan today more so than some years ago? 
I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. yeah. Maybe now is the time, sort of. Uh, girls, I mean women, more free to think anything they want, and they can read anything they want. Because when I was in college looking for Anasinin's books, some of them are on the pornography shelf. Really? Oh. <laughs> it was really embarrassing <laughs> for girls to buy them. So many students just go to Professor Broderick's room and complain. It's really difficult to buy Anasinin's books in a bookstore. So the situation is really changing and I don't think women now feel so uncomfortable buying Anasinin's books anymore. So maybe the time is good now. And a couple of Japanese women writers in the younger generation call themselves feminists, which is quite a new phenomenon. Like writers like Mieko Kawakami or Aoko Matsuda, whose books are translated into many languages. Including English, I hope. Of course, right. Okay, good. And Mayo also writes that if Anaisenin's literature is to achieve the same fervor in Japan, it will be when the Japanese women rise in a daughter's right revolt. I think this, this is happening in Japan. Well, Mayo writes about Princess Michiko, who is now uh, Empress Emerita. And Michiko became a role model in the post war Japanese women as a wife, mother, an empress, and a fashion leader. But she suffered from uh, aphasia because of the press and the society wrote about a lot of abusive things about her. And the present empress, Masako, also suffered a lot. But the princess Mako who now lives in New York. She married her college boyfriend, college sweetheart, who became a lawyer. So she left the imperial family. And when they had a press conference, she talked strongly about how the press and the Japanese society wrote, you know, gossip, baseless gossip. So it was a quite new phenomenon. She didn't stopped talking. She spoke up against the press and the Japanese society. It's quite different from what Mayo talked about. General hushing. General hushing. Japanese women are forced to do general hushing, to say nothing about the Japanese society or Japanese men. So one thing common between Mayo and Yagawa they married a very strong, powerful man of letters, and they were a tyrant, a child tyrant. Those men cannot get married <laughs> now. Right. No. You have to be helpful and love wives and, yeah, should be good husbands. You know, you mentioned some of these new writers. I, I wanted to mention one, Banana Yoshimoto, who uh, Mayo mentions in her essay, uh, mm -hmm. her book, The Kitchen. Yeah, um, Toyoko Yamamoto's essay in this book, A Nice in Literary Perspectives, her um, essay discusses a sensitive man um, in Yosh Yoshimoto's kitchen, 
and compares the unconventional relationship between men and women in her work and Nin's works. Let's, let's talk about some of the organizations that, that exist here in Japan that have to do with Ana Isnin. I know there's an Ana Isnin study group, for example, and I also know there's a, a Henry Miller Society. Could you tell us a little bit about these groups and what they've done and what they're planning in the future? Yes, and Henry Miller's novels were getting popular in 50s and 60s after Tropical Cancer was translated into Japanese in 1953. And Henry Miller Society was established as a study group in 1985. And their biggest accomplishment was the collection of Japanese translation books of his all his works. Okay called the Henry Miller Collection and Henry Miller Society in Japan. They meet annually as we Anaisen Study Group does. Uh -huh. And before Anaisen Group started, new scholars like us delivered paper and hot talks at Miller Society. Uh -huh. we, we still do. Okay. In 2011, Kazuko Sugisaki called for all the NIN scholars in Japan, and an ISONIN study group was established. Our big accomplishment, I think, was the literary guidebook of an ISONIN, published by a prestigious publisher in Japan. But, of course, each of us published translations and collections of scholarly essays. One of the members is a big fan of Anaisenin, and Michiko Yamaguchi is a writer and head of the production of a DVD film of um, Robert Snyder's Anaisenin Observed okay. with the Japanese subtitles. Ah. It came out in 2017, so we are still going on. <laughs> Great. Yeah. What do you have planned? Yes, this year we'll publish a scholarly essay collection Actually, papers, deadlines, the end of dismay, so I'm still writing the conclusion, but <laughs> yes, so we are writing for that book too. I think it will come out this year. I plan to publish a monograph on Anais this year. Recently, Anais has caught attention in popular culture, right? Like the British TV drama series, Libres, and French comic band Dessine by Leonie Bischoff, which won an award in France. But uh, Anais Nin needs to be reread and re-evaluated as a writer. So our books, including a I really want to thank you, Yuko and Atsuko, for taking time to talk with me today about Anais Nin in Japan. Thank you. Thank, thank you for inviting us. Oh, you're welcome. You can order critical analysis of Adi Isnin in Japan from Amazon sites around the world. Check out the video series Catching Up with Adi Isnin on YouTube for more on Nin in a Circle. This has been the Adi Isnin Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until the next time.